Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rachel Unpack Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Medina, and welcome to a new episode. Um, you can follow me on social media as well as the show. If you want to follow me, I'm at Rachel Medina 101. If you want to follow the show on social media, it's Rachel Unpacked. Again, um, the show, well, kind of, the show is on TikTok or whatever. <laughs> oh, I always laugh when I bring up TikTok. Um, so I'm on TikTok at Rachel Medina 101, and then there is a Rachel Unpacked TikTok that I am starting to develop. So don't forget to follow. Okay, today I am going to be talking to you about divorce, I guess, and marriage, maybe more of the angle of how to avoid divorce, especially right now. I'm coming to you in the middle of April, kind of late end of April, and we, it is 2020, and we are on lockdown. We are on quarantine. We are being sort of forced to be uh, shut in with our children, if you have little ones, and with our spouses, if you're married, right, or in a relationship. So we are going to go ahead and tackle this topic um, and see if we can get you through this quarantine a-okay with your relationship. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. So basically, um, as most of you know, if you follow the show, I am divorced. I was married for nearly 20 years. I got married. I was a teen mom and a teen wife. Teen wife. Um, and then uh, several years ago, I went ahead and I got married and there was like infidelity involved there. And that's a whole other show, right? Um, you can look up the past episodes to, to see more about that. So in this episode, I'm going to talk you through some aspects of um, sort of the pitfalls in marriage that could lead to divorce so that you can potentially prevent that from happening in your own marriage. So this is really a podcast for people that are about one foot in, one foot out, um, maybe a lot very frustrated, just kind of lost, not sure what to do, what the next steps should be for you. You're just feeling antsy, right? You're feeling like this might not last. Um, so this podcast is for you, uh, men, women alike, um, doesn't really matter. If you're a man, you should definitely be listening to this listening to this because I'm a woman who decided to leave a man that I was married to for a very long time and had children with. So, here we go. You're on lockdown. You are shut in with your husband, you know, or your wife. They're probably working from home. Um, it's just a new dynamic. Maybe at first that seemed kind of neat. Um, and now you're, we're on week five, I believe here in Southern California. And so you're kind of like, oh, and they're saying things like summer. They're saying things like fall before we get released <laughs> from our homes, which is so crazy, right? To even believe that we're in this situation. But you know, if it means keeping people safe and staying, keeping our families safe, then you know what? It's going to be worth it. Okay. So here are one of the things that I want to begin with. I want you to really keep in mind that if you are in this place of like really questioning whether you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, maybe you've been with them for 10, 20 years already, maybe you've only been with them for five, but now you're really starting to question it, okay? Um, you're maybe looking at the rest of your life, um, some of you just the rest of your summer, and you're really starting to wonder if you can really keep doing this. Um, uh, much longer. If you're in that position, what I would urge you to do is to really just kind of, I always say that in the end, it's important to look at the beginning. 
So you really have to kind of ask yourself how you got here to begin with. Like what was it that drew you to this person? What was it about you that you needed at the time when you entered into a relationship with this person? Um, you know, that is to me really, really important because sometimes we're just young and we rush in and we're not really thinking, right? We're just feeling and then all of a sudden, maybe that was in our 20s or even our teens, like in my case, and then now we're in our 40s and we're just, we don't feel like we're the same person and we definitely don't have the same needs, right? And motivations that we had in the beginning. So it does still have value to look at the beginning because maybe if love is still there, or maybe love is fading, that might help to reignite the love, is to explore the why, capital H-Y, capital H-W-H-Y, sorry about that. Um, and so you're gonna wanna really look at the why, why you're with this person. For some of you ladies, it might've just been a guy that you were involved with and you ended up getting pregnant and then now you're in this relationship. You don't get to really use that as an excuse. At the end of the day, there must've been a reason why you chose to lay down with this individual. There must've been some reason that you decided you wanted to have his child, there's all these things. So we don't get to, we don't get a pass just because you know you got pregnant, you don't get a pass. So for this exercise, you just don't, okay? There was a motivation behind it. For some of you, the guy had money and you wanted to have his kid or whatever, like whatever it is, even there, you have to start. And so, you know, asking yourself or reminding yourself as to why you chose him, why he chose you, why you chose each other and to take this journey. You got to sit down and remember the why. That'll hopefully ignite some things because you're able to look and go, okay, when he chose me and I chose him, I was this kind of girl. Maybe I got dressed up every day. Maybe I was thinner. Maybe I was, you know, more fun. Maybe there was a lot of things, right? You just have to ask yourself. And this isn't an exercise about feeling bad about yourself now because you've gained 25 pounds and now, you know, you don't really get fixed up because you're so tired. Maybe you have low iron. I mean, there's all these things that happen to women, right? With their hormones and things like that. And maybe your husband now has a pop belly and there's hair everywhere and there's man boobs. And But you know, as women, we love them either way, right? Um, we're way less judgmental on that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, there's just differences. And, you know, you have to kind of then circle back to the why, you know, the why in the beginning and then look at the middle and kind of go like, do you, you know, do those, do those things bother you? And really start to unpack the things that are leading you to the point that you're at today. For some of you, just doing that simple exercise will make you go, oh, you know what? I need to knock it off. Like, I genuinely love this man. We've been through everything together and I don't care about how he looks. He doesn't care about how I look. We're, we're you know, it's just, we're just, it's just time. We're just kind of tired of each other. And then that's okay because that's actually probably worth saving, okay? I kind of say to myself that if your husband and your wife isn't cheating on you and they're not physically abusing you, um, you know, there's really not a whole lot of reasons to walk away. So you have to understand that I'm coming from that view, okay? If there isn't like physical danger um, or like moral, like out of bounds kind of stuff happening, to me, in my view, there just isn't, for my own life, there just isn't a lot of reasons for me to walk away beyond that. Walking away from your husband because you can't stand the way he chews 
is just marriage, okay? Walking away from your husband because he just sits in front of the TV with his hands tucked in his sweats, you know, with a beer after work and just like snorts, you know, when he laughs, hence married with children visual for those of you who grew up in that time. Um, that's just marriage, okay? So really we cannot use those things that have now become like the most annoying things that may have not been there in the past in the very beginning a lot of us do weird things as we get older and so that's also not a basis to leave someone so at the end of the day you're on quarantine with this person let's just say you've been home all day with the kids they've been they've been home all day too maybe they're just not really pulling their weight there's still something that's triggering you and then you need to just focus on that trigger but before you go and blame your spouse for that trigger you need to really do some work on yourself and just ask yourself what is it about me like what's happening with me that this bothers me so much um and really if you can start from that point in anything in your life anything that bothers you in your life if you can start from the you start from you capital y-o-u now that i figured out how to spell <laughs> You know, if you can start with you, then you can work your way outward and then you can start working on quote unquote others because really no, nothing changes. You can't change a person, right? They have to want to do it and they have to do the work themselves. But that work starts with you and asking yourself why you're bothered by him snorting out loud when he's laughing or whatever, okay? ask yourself that it could just be time you know it's like if there's just like a drip of water that's just like dit, 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 dit. you know it's constantly in the background for some people it just fades away into the background noise and they can just go on with their lives and not be bothered and for others they are like going crazy over hearing that drip 24 7. so you have to really understand it's your mindset it's the way you're processing things and it's the way you're processing your environment with your partner so again i'm not a marriage counselor i'm not a therapist but i have gone to marriage counseling uh before and after my divorce um i guess after wouldn't be marriage counseling it would just be therapy um, I went for six weeks uh, with a, a, a gentleman who was just like the nicest older man who really painted amazing, just down to earth, like plain and simple pictures for me. Um, that has really helped me. And then I did the work, you know, I genuinely did the work. So when we start with you, like yourself and go, oh my God, why does it bug me when he does this? Then you have to explore that. And then you, that's where you can start to choose your battles. You know, you hear people talking about choosing their battles. And so it's not that simple, right? It's kind of like they're missing a whole step. So the outcome is you choose your battles. But the first stage is to look at yourself and ask yourself why that thing bothers you. So as we quarantine with our partners, now that's not me, I don't live with a partner, <laughs> but as we quarantine with our partners or other family members or whatever, but in this conversation, we're talking about marriage and relationship, we have to then go to the next step and go, are there habits that have been put into place in their lives or our lives that have altered who we are or the dynamic between us that really differs and is compromising how we started? So one of those, for example, could be alcoholism, okay? I'm not talking about the man who goes to work all day for 10, 12 hours a day at his shop or whatever he does, comes home and has a beer with dinner and like has a beer to watch like some funny movie. 
That's not the guy I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about the guy or the girl who wants to have a few drinks with her friends or a glass of wine and in the she shed. I'm not talking about those people. I am talking about the people who are alcoholics. Those people maybe drink every day or they don't drink every day, but when they drink, they take it to a point where they are no longer quote unquote themselves, okay? Um, who they are is altered, their decision-making process is altered, their boundaries are blurred. Um, and so that's different, right? So you wanna take a look and say, okay, is there now this third layer of, of circumstance that's happening that maybe we can take a look at and we have control still, we still have options to turn that around or to fix it or to get help or whatever. For some of you, it might be um, you started taking pills, like pain pills. I've heard this story about pain pills and Xanax and all these different like Adderalls, all these different things. Like I've listened to them for years. I live in the suburbs and you just hear that just like drinking wine. It's so innocent. It's like, oh, I had wine today. But there are plenty of women, housewives, working women who are complete winos and they don't even really realize it but it's not that hard ladies as you know to drink a whole bottle of wine to yourself it's like three or four glasses or something so at the end of the day we have to be aware of these things and aware of our dependence on things outside of our relationship for some people it's substances for others it's another person it's adultery both have similar impacts, okay? Both of these things take you away from your partner. And in a marriage, it's really important to lean in. And it's really especially hard to really work on your marriage and save your marriage if only one person is leaning in. Because if only one person is leaning into the marriage to solve the problem, the other person leans back. And now it feels like that one that's leaning in because they care and want to save it it feels like they're pushing. It feels like they're nagging. It feels like they're just, ugh, you know what I mean? Like smothering. And that could be a little bit of a manipulation on the, on the, on the part of the person who's leaning back away from the marriage, who doesn't want to face the things that they need to face in order to save their marriage. They want their partner to kind of get over it. So one of the things that I wanted to really cover is the fact that there's some work that we have to do within ourselves and we're not always willing to look in the mirror and start with ourselves. It's so much easier to blame the other person, to blame the, you know, the, the, the one that, you know, is aggravating you. Okay. So you have to just ask yourself, why does that bother you so much? Um, and are you wanting to somehow dim their light or, you know, what is it? You just have to ask these questions and everybody's why is going to be completely different. OK, but we willing to do the work. Um, the next thing is managing the expectations in your relationship. What kind of ideas did you have about marriage when you got married? So when you got married, were you super excited and in love with the idea of the wedding? Because so many of you are married because you wanted a wedding. Um, let me tell you, when I um, divorced my husband, my ex-husband, I had some of these ideals because I didn't actually have like a wedding when I got married. So I've never really been like proposed to. I've never had like a wedding and things like that. So, you know, when I walked away from that marriage, I had to really like make sure 
that the way I navigated through life um, wasn't motivated by quote unquote the wedding. Now don't get me wrong, I have a folder in my phone with pictures of amazing decor and like <laughs> and like wedding dresses and stuff because I'm a, I'm a female and I like to dream and I just wanna be ready. I'm, I consider that being like prepared, right? <laughs> the law of attraction saying, hey, you know, I'm open and willing to be married, but I don't wanna get married for the sake of having a wedding. And so, so many women, especially young women, I, I find they are like the wedding. It's like the wedding. And so, you know, you have to really kind of look at yourself and go, are you trying to enter into a relationship because you want to have a wedding? Now you're 23, you're 24, you're 25, your friends are getting married, they're having kids. And what's happening to you? You're living with this guy and this guy is just like not popping the question, but it's like, what is it? Like, what are you most in love with? Are you really in love with this person and really in love with the idea of marriage, which we'll talk about in a second, or are you just in love with the wedding? Like you just really want a wedding, okay? These are just questions. We're not gonna answer these questions for you. This podcast is dedicated to getting you to just ask the questions about yourself, okay? Um, the next thing about managing the expectations about marriage is that, especially that I hear from like my younger, like the younger women that come around um, that I'm in contact with, is that they say these things like they want their soulmate. They're looking for their soulmate. Um, they're like living with a guy right now and they're like, oh, he's not my soulmate. Like. Oh my gosh, ladies, young ladies, old ladies, <laughs> middle-aged ladies. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I am a self-proclaimed helpless romantic. I am deeply, deeply romantic. I love rom-com movies. I love love. I mean, I am very affectionate. I'm just, oh my gosh, I do all the candlelight dinners and I'm very much into this kind of stuff when I allow myself to enter into a serious relationship where the other person has shown up in a big mutual way, okay? To a whole other podcast, we're not talking about that. But now that you're in a relationship, you're married, okay, you have to really then go back to the other thing that I said is ask yourself what your view, what your expectation was of marriage because one, it wasn't ever his job to make you happy. That's the first first and foremost, your wife and your or your husband, it was never their job to make you happy. Making you happy is a side effect of like love and stuff like that, but everybody has their different love language. I recommend you get the book Love Language. The love languages because um, especially if you have like someone in the military that you're involved with because there's even one specifically for military people, um, like law enforcement and military, something like that, but there's like the regular one, okay? So there's things that you have to be aware of. Like for example, um, I still explore my love language because I, my love language is a lot of things, but it's mostly like kind of like communication. So it's like affection and like speaking and hearing and listening and, you know, but like affection. Um, and then I can say like, I've, maybe have been involved with people who their love language is gifts. So like people will basically love you the way they want to be loved. And so it's easy to be like in a relationship where you just literally want to be like on the like Netflix and chill, like you want to be held or you want to sit and watch a sunset or sit on a porch. Maybe your perfect vision is like just two kind of like wooden chairs rocking on a porch while you're drinking tea in like the South. I don't know, looking at the sunset like, Forrest Gump and Jenny like I don't really know but like let's just say that's your vision 
just the quietness and like just the nature but maybe for your partner for them it's like rolex watches and like trips around the world like you know what i mean so like both of them are love but they're just coming from two different languages of love and so it's important that you kind of get with your partner and explore what those are or just kind of pay attention you know just really kind of run back in your mind when you sit there and you say oh my god i did this for him or i did that for her or, i bought her this or that and, and she didn't even care she didn't even appreciate it if you find yourself saying that you did something in your view to express your love and they didn't they didn't appreciate it you actually maybe possibly highly likely did not show them love in the way that they need or desire or receive love you did in the way you like to receive and give love okay so there's a little bit of selfishness there but it's like we don't really know until we communicate with each other so again really consider the fact that there is a real thing called a love language and there's again the amazing book um, about the love languages but at the end of the day really remind yourself just kind of think back and go when did i do something that i felt like they didn't appreciate me ladies that happens to us all the time i'm sure you're sitting there in quarantine just uh, pouting <laughs> feeling completely unappreciated um your spouse might be feeling the exact same way you might be a woman who runs around and cleans the house and looks cute and cooks the meals and everything, and then he just doesn't feel appreciated because maybe for him you sitting next to him on the couch and just kind of like rubbing his hand you know or like being cuddled up next to him maybe that's it maybe for him that's his whole world right there maybe that's everything he needs to just feel amazing and you know what you don't have to drive yourself crazy doing other things i'm sure he likes that you do those things but you have to just don't do so many crazy things in the name of like trying to make someone happy really take the time to kind of figure out what those things are so if you're in a marriage and you thought this isn't my soulmate we've been married 10 15 20 years now and i'm just feeling like i don't know because this other guy is kind of like talking to me and it seems kind of interesting or this woman flirts with me at work and she looks at me in a way that i haven't been looked at in years you know come on you guys you're responsible for trying to you're responsible for leaning into your marriage facing your spouse and addressing the, these things and figuring out how to reignite the spark and things like that and remember that in marriage um you know that spark that love you know that that loving feeling that excitement that the falling part that's not meant to be there forever that literally comes and goes and i mentioned this in a previous podcast where my grandfather who was married for over 60 years to my to my grandma to my grandma kuka like he after she passed had said that he thought you know maybe he figured out what the ring stood for and people say oh it's infinite you know it never ends but in his view it was like you know it's like love you know love you start off with love or like attraction it's kind of like chemistry and then it grows into like love and then you get married and then here comes bills and kids and responsibility and routine the monotony of the routine and all these things come in and then love and then arguments come disagreements so that it feels like love leaves okay but what happens is it just kind of circles around it's like rotating the planet <laughs> right we're rotating around the sun right so let's just say love is the planet that's rotating around the sun 
and you guys are the sun, right? You and your your partner are the sun. And love is just kind of circling around, right? Just going around. And the other planets are like the bills and the kids and the house and whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, to have this idea that being in a marriage means you have to be giddy all the time or in love all the time. No, like it truly, truly isn't. So if you're in your marriage and you are reaching a shadow point during an eclipse point, a point in your marriage where it just feels kind of cold, it feels kind of distant, you know, at the end of the day, they're still there. They're still coming home to you. They might be a shell of a man or a shell of a woman and giving you the silent treatment, but lean in, choose. If you're going to fight for anything, like don't, just fight for each other. Just don't fight with each other for the sake of fighting. Like fight for the marriage, like fight for your partner. Like don't lose your fight. Um, I think for women, especially like a man who just gives up. Oh God, that's so, it's so hard to come back from that men. If you're listening, fight, be willing to fight for your love, but you have to understand that you're going to be fighting from a different angle. And you have to understand that, you know, you're speaking a different love language. So imagine if you meet a man from France or Italy and you're from the United States and you don't speak French, you know, let's just say you don't speak Italian and they don't speak English, but you're like so attracted to each other. You feel like you're falling in love with each other. And, but he might say, get the toast. And you might say, what'd you call me? You know, <laughs> so you have to understand you're coming kind of from two different frequencies and two different spaces and time and, and, and views and that you're just speaking two different languages. Okay. Um, there was a book in the nineties, I believe it was, it was called like men are from Mars and women are from Venus or something. And that it kind of touches on that as well. But for the most part, it's just, you're like one degree off, believe it or not, like anything in your marriage, you're just kind of like one degree off and you have to be willing to put in the work to figure it out. And I'm not talking about that, like exhausting work, you know, like those women who some of you ladies, you know who you are, who are like, no, but this, but we got to talk about that. No, but it's like a two hour conversation about this. Oh, but we got to fix that. And like, we've all had that, honey, we need to talk. Like we've all had that need to be heard. It's not that it, it's just a need to be heard. So if a, if a husband, if you're a husband, you're tired of like hearing that, like, oh God, here I go again. She's sitting me down on the bench to, to reprimand me like my mom. Just throw all of those feelings outside and go, okay, she just needs to be heard right now. It kind of doesn't matter what she says right now. Let me not take too much of it too serious. She just needs to be heard, but like, because there's some need there and this is her language. This is like her version of fighting for the marriage or her vision, her version of saying this, like raising the SOS, like, like lighting the fuse, like the fight, like the signal, right? To raising the flag. That's her version of like raising the flag so that you as a man can go, okay, she's saying all these way out things. It sounds like she's going to leave me or like she's disappointed in me, but let me lean in and go, listen, I'm not leaving this marriage. I don't want you to leave this marriage. I want you to be happy, but you need to figure out what's going to make you happy. I got to figure out what's going to make me happy within the marriage. Okay. Not leaving the marriage to figure that out. Um, and then let's regroup and let's spend more. Is it more time? Because listen, if you can't get along with someone going on date night, it's not going to do anything, right? You need to really kind of figure those things out. And so while you're on quarantine with your partner 
and you're locked up and you, so many people are saying oh man as soon as the gates open <laughs> you know everyone's allowed to go you know the courts open the people are gonna be lining up at the divorce you know at the at the city hall or wherever you go to court to divorce and i just want you to just keep this in mind that if you're not being physically abused and you're not being cheated on which right now it's kind of hard for people to cheat let me tell you but you know if you're not seeing any proof of that then and especially if you have children oh my gosh especially if you have children i urge you to work it out i urge you to figure it out being bored is not a reason to leave your spouse being aggravated is not a reason to leave your spouse being annoyed is not a reason to, to leave your spouse even having your feelings hurt and feeling lonely in your own marriage is not a reason to leave your spouse so you need to really kind of look at this and go, okay, this is the cycle of marriage and we're like now in the desert. So we're in that part of the marriage that seems desolate. It kind of like, he seems like really distant and I'm very like way over here and it's really kind of uncomfortable with this heat and I'm tired of walking all these miles in the sand <laughs> or whatever, like I'm thirsty. I mean, there's all these things that happen in the desert that you can that are metaphors for what's happening in your marriage and so you you know you need to remember that that's your partner that that is your partner that is your life partner okay that is the one you chose that one this isn't like walmart where or nordstrom's okay where you're like oh, i'll buy these fancy shiny shoes because they make me look cute and then in a month you're like ah I'll buy them because anyways I can return it and they'll give me all my money back and then I'll just trade them in for like so that's not what marriage should be to people um and it seems like maybe that's what it's been but at the end of the day um I'm also not saying stay in a marriage where you're absolutely miserable um I understand that some of the reasons why you got married in the beginning don't hold up today but you have to also understand that Life outside of that is, you know, a place that is filled with a lot of illusions. And so if you're going to listen to this podcast and you're you're saying, Rachel, I've already decided, like I am 45 years old, maybe I'm 55 years old, and I've already decided I can't go another day. I can't deposit more into this bank of my of my life. I have to close that account and move on in my life for better or worse. That's fine. But do so not thinking that you're going to go out there and you're going to find this amazing woman or this amazing man that's going to change your life forever. That may actually happen. Let me tell you, it might actually genuinely happen for you. But don't let that be a motivator because there's a, a huge chance that you'll be single forever. Um, and so you have to be willing if you're if you're truly, truly, truly at your wit's end and you're truly at a point that you just can't turn the ship around with this particular person, you know, and you leave, you have to leave feeling and willing to be single for the rest of your life. You have to be willing to be okay with being alone, okay with like doing things on your own. And for me, I had to think that way. When I, before my husband, I tell us on another podcast, you know, I was like, if he does X, Y, Z one more time, which was having to do with infidelity, I'm leaving. I don't care if I'm 85 years old and I have to die out my last few years on my own. Like I'm leaving because I can't, I can't, I can't live with someone who comes home every day with a smile on their face, betraying me. I just can't do it. 
And so love, no love, feelings, no feelings, loneliness, no loneliness. It needs, no needs. Like I had to put that desire for myself first. And so when I left, I left, you know, I was scared, but I left knowing for sure if I end up single for the rest of my life, I am okay with that. I am okay with that because I did the long marriage. I had the kids, like I had the experience. I'm okay with that. And so I just want you guys to know that you know, if you're not okay with that, if you're thinking, oh my God, I don't want to be with him because I'd rather be with a guy like that over there. Oh my gosh, you are going to set yourself up for disaster in so many ways. You're going to be jumping into relationships, new ones for the wrong reasons. Like your expectations that you had in the first marriage are still going to be in the second marriage and third marriage. And so you have to adjust your expectation. You have to understand that it's not always lovey-dovey. It's not always a good time. It's not always easy. Marriage is a partnership. It's like a binding, it's like a business agreement. It's like, I hate to make it sound so unromantic, <laughs> but you go into sort of this business agreement and that person is, you say, okay, he's good at, you know, the, the, the landscaping or the, I don't know, like he's good at earning the money. I'm good at like holding up the household. Like you decide what's, who's good at what and what their lane is and you let them be in their lane and you let yourself be in your lane and, um, and you kind of co-manage this household and you co-manage this life and you're equally as responsible for the retirement and the trip planning and like the grandkids and like all the things that are coming in the future. So at the end of the day, it is a partnership. And when you have a partnership in business or otherwise, you're going to butt heads. You're going to disagree. You're not always going to see eye to eye. It's going to be scary. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to go broke. There's like all these things that are going to happen. But one thing should remain true and constant. And that is the absolute respect that you have for your partner and the absolute genuine love you have for them. Like you wouldn't want anything to happen to them. You wouldn't want them to get ripped off. You wouldn't want them to get heartbroken by them finding out that you're with some other girl or guy. Like there has to be a genuine love and care and consideration and respect for the person that you're with and everything else can be worked out. But the storm will always happen. See, marriage is just about finding that person that's going to ride in the storm with you all the way to the end. That's all it is. That's that ride or die. <laughs> you're just figuring out who that person is. And if the person you have today they might not look like a ride or die. They might be sitting on the couch with their hands stuck in their sweats, burping over a beer, watching a comedy show. That's the one you chose. That's the one you chose. Take responsibility for your choice and then go have a conversation with your partner that's not demeaning to them, but that lets them know that you still love them and everything, but you're concerned. You know, you're concerned about the economy. You're concerned about your own household economy. How are they going to make money? Is their business going to, you know, survive this? Like plan together, get into the mode, the, 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 the mode of like being partners. So plan projects together, plan outings together. Right now we're locked down, right? But even locked down, I found this thing. It's like a scavenger hunt thing and it's called like geo caching or something. And it's a global worldwide scavenger hunt that's been going on since like the sixties, you know, so find little things to do together, you know, paint together. I don't know what it is, but encourage each other. Maybe he has a saw table in the garage and you go, Hey honey, what if you make me that bench? Why don't we finally get that bench together? Like you can create it and I'll paint it or whatever. Like just try to find ways to connect with each other. And maybe for some of you, the formula to success is to stay out of each other's darn way. <laughs> like plain and simple. It's like, let him be in the garage tinkering around. Let her be in the backyard in the garden doing whatever. And then just come together to have dinner 
or like watch a movie. Like at the end of the day, you just gotta figure that out, but you have to kind of stop telling yourself lies and you have to like be present, okay? That's what they call it, the present, cause it's like a gift. Like be aware, be present and sit there and understand that you don't have to be entertained 24 seven. You don't have to be a, like romantic 24 seven. You don't have to be happy and, happy and smiling 24 seven. Life isn't perfect. Life sucks. Marriage sometimes sucks. But at the end of the day, all it is is you have a partner that's taking that journey with you through life. Even in the moments that suck, even in the moments that's boring, even in the moments that you're broke, even the moments that you have money, that you're sick, that you're healthy, that you're sad or whatever the situation is, that person is your person. Figure out how to maximize that person's existence in your life to the fullest and really try to manage your own view and ideas about what love and about what marriage is. Love and marriage are not the same thing. There are millions of people who are living in arranged marriages. They didn't even know their spouse of the day they met them and they respect each other and they love each other till this day, years later. So remember that, okay? Hope you have yourself a wonderful quarantine. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rachel Unpacked podcast. I really hope that this episode is going to help you with your next steps and at least get you thinking in the right direction in terms of your relationship, whether you want to stay or go. I really hope that this helped you out. If you want more information about even like some of the things that I dealt with in my marriage and stuff like that, you can listen to previous podcasts. Um, don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. All of it helps. Thank you so much. Have a good one.